Get up, Flyer fans. It's the show just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by Flanagan's Pub on Stewart Street in Dayton. Stop by after the game for delicious food and 24 beers on tap. Bud Light, keep it crisp with Bud Light. Frickers, for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. And by Flyer Spirit. Stop on over to Flyer Spirit on Brown Street and show off your Flyer pride. Go UD. Call in with your comments or questions. 457-1290. Flyer feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Well, just shy of a year to the day after the pandemic brought Dayton's season of dreams to a screeching halt. The Dayton Flyers just capped off a campaign that most UD fans would just as soon rather forget. That's what I tweeted, and that's how I'm going to start this show because I cannot think of anything else to sum up this season. That just Mm -hmm. about does it. 73-68, VCU the final in the A-10 quarterfinals. This season has reached John Tisdale the end of the road. That, I believe, will do it for the Dayton Flyers. The NIT is 16 teams this year. It is half its usual field. Yeah. It'll be all automatic qualifiers. I doubt this Dayton team will even get into the NIT uh, with the kind of season they had. It's John Bedell, and it's John Bedell and you, dear listener, here for Flyer Feedback, and we thank you for joining us this afternoon as we await the live postgame comments of Dayton head coach Anthony Grant about this uh End of the season, the way his season uh, capped off here in the A-10 quarterfinals. Flyer feedback is sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. Now, this game was ugly from the beginning. The Flyers got themselves in a 10-point hole so quick it made their heads spin. Anthony calls a timeout with 15.40 left. And then Dayton really struggled with that VCU press. They were bothered by the press itself. They were bothered by the ball pressure. They seemed rattled and surprised by VCU jumping passing lanes. It looked at times like guys were literally on frickin' rollerblades on the, in Dayton unis because they were so shaken by that press. Either that or it looked like there was condensation on the court, like they were at a hockey arena that has a sheet of ice underneath the court, yeah. which we know is not the case no, not at, at the all. Seagull Center. Not at all. You are not allowed to be surprised by this result, Dayton fans. Shame on you if you are at home and in any way surprised by this result. We told you yesterday on this show, this VCU Rams team is a bad matchup for this Dayton team this year. You've seen with your own eyeballs, if you follow this team even loosely, that VCU has had Dayton's number all year. But even though you are not allowed to be surprised by this result, because this really is just a fitting end of this year, you are allowed to be frustrated and disappointed because if you care about this program like we do, this was the most wildly frustrating Dayton Flyer season in recent memory. Uh, and this was an effort that just sort of fittingly, frustratingly, Tiz caps the whole thing off, and now they're packing up from Richmond and coming home. I think you couldn't have put it uh, any better. I, I think this is just this was a frustrating start. They never led. I mean, it was eleven to one before. We all had settled in, and I tweeted out, uh, got a bad feeling about this. It just felt like it, it just felt like one of those. It was felt like the trilogy. You know what? We've seen this. Usually we, we talk the sequels. Usually it's part two that's usually bad. It was the same thing. It was like the same watching the same movie over and over again. We were hoping for a different ending. It was not. That was not the case. 
And just to me, they had no answer for Bones Highland. Uh, what foot injury? 30 points. Then he caps it off at the buzzer. Uh, and just and he was whooping. No one had an answer for him. No, he Nobody was a one-man wrecking crew, Tiz. I mean, he had that three reviewed, and he had, even with the refs changing that three at the buzzer to end the first half to a two, he still had 22 points at the break. I mean, he was a one-man wrecking crew. He almost beat Dayton by himself in the first yeah. half. The first half was Bones Highland 22, Dayton 26. Yeah. And the reality of this game, I mean, it felt like a carbon copy of the first time these two really teams did. met back in yeah. January. I mean, VCU really has taken Dayton to the woodshed all three times they've played. That middle game was a little more respectable. Dayton pulled it within one late in that game with 441 left, but that was as close as they got, and they didn't score the remainder the remainder of that 441 left in that game. But the reality of today's game here in the A-10 quarterfinals is this is another game, much like the Duquesne game on the road, where the final score is not indicative of how this game went. No. It was a five-point win for the Rams, but the reality of this game is that, yes, Dayton made a run to make the final close and respectable, but they, John Tisdale, never really, never really gave VCU a real threat. No. And as you mentioned, Tizzy, they trailed from the gun. This this one yeah. was over not long after it started. I mean, no. Dayton had eight turnovers within the first, gosh, what was it, like eight minutes of this game? That's I mean, what they, it feels they like. had eight turnovers by, they had nine turnovers by the under eight. Yeah. And I'll say this. I mean, it was just a mess. And I'll say this as we go and uh, do a quick weather and traffic hit uh, and then after this. The stat of the day, 21 turnovers. Stat of the game, I should say. 21 turnovers to 22, 22 points off those turnovers. That's your ball game right there. I mean, VCU does a good job of intercepting those pass lanes, John. And it just, you know it's coming. And they still find a way to get in those lanes and get points off of them. It's like we called this the half-court version of Havoc. Uh, it was Havoc when Shaka Smart was there. This is the half-court version of it. They are a, It's an aggressive defense. And like you said, it felt like they were playing on a skating rink because they were slipping all over the place. And, yeah, I know they got it to they got it within five. They got close at the end, but it was, too, it was just too little too late. You know, Ibby was off today. I mean, for Dayton to win, you got to have good, solid games from both Ibby Watson and Jalen Crutcher. And Crutcher, 21 points, 7 of 15. That's not awful. Watson went 10 points, 2 of 10 for the floor, 2 of 5 from 3. And they weren't bad looks, John. They just they just didn't fall. It just was it was just not their day. It yeah. just was not. It was frustrating. So we're going to take a quick break here as we await the live postgame comments of head coach Anthony Grant. VCU 73, Dayton 68 in the A-10 quarters. VCU's moving on to the semifinals tomorrow at home. Dayton's coming home, too, because their season is done. They're packing up and coming home from Richmond. It's John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you here for Flyer Feedback. It continues on the other side right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's news and talk. The Home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's news and talk. Larry Hanskin back in Richmond, Virginia, where the Dayton Flyers bow out in the quarterfinals of the uh, Atlantic 10 uh, tournament, falling to VCU 73-68. We're joined by Coach Anthony Grant. And, Coach, uh, you guys fell behind early. You fought back late, uh, but uh, VCU just uh, just had too much in the end. Yeah, they're a good team. You know, they, they did a good job today of taking away stuff that, uh, that we needed to have success with on both sides of the ball. 
there was a period in the second half where you started to get some stops, but then you weren't able to answer offensively. Uh, you know, playing and they made everything difficult uh, at the offensive end. Uh, what was it they did that that prevented you from being able to do, like you said, the, the types of things you want to do? I thought we missed some shots that that uh, we were more than capable of making. I think the turnovers hurt us, led to transition opportunities for them. Uh, it seemed like whenever we, we had a chance, it better be 10 that, that they kept it, uh, pushing it back up to 15, 16. And, uh, you know, it was at the four-minute mark, I think we cut it to low 10 and then had a couple of opportunities, you know, and shots didn't fall. And, uh, you know, that's basketball. Well, you guys end the season going down swinging. And, um, you know, what you had to go through this year, uh, going all the way back to really just trying to prepare during the summer, uh, nothing was easy for this uh, for this Dayton team all season long. It, it, it's a credit that they persevered as, as as far as they did. We got high character guys, guys that care about each other, guys that care about the program. So uh, you know, we expected nothing different. Um, you know, I thought from from day one when we got together in July, you know, to where we are now in March. You know, these guys have done an unbelievable job of staying together, staying the course, sacrificing for, the, for each other, for the program, uh, you know, to make this year happen. Uh, you know, we had ups and downs over the course of the season, but this team grew closer together, you know, and I'm, I'm grateful for them. Well, Coach, uh, we'll let you go. I know you got a busy off season ahead uh, in, uh, in in talking to the guys who will be coming back, and uh, obviously there's some options for some people to even continue their Dayton careers even longer. Uh, thanks for all you did uh, to help us out with the broadcast this season, and we want you to travel safe back home. Appreciate you, Led. Thank you, man. All right, uh, that that'll wrap things up here. And again, uh, we anticipate this being uh, the final uh, broadcast of the season, but who knows? <laughs> in a weird year. You know, stranger things have happened, and uh, we'll see how it all shakes out, including the future of the roster, you know, the option for some seniors to come back should they choose. You know, we'll, we'll, what will the kids decide? What will the coaches decide? That's something that uh, we won't know, but uh, we'll find out as it, uh, as it goes along. So anticipating that this will be the final time uh, that uh, I get to say goodbye on behalf of Keith Wallaskowski here today, filling in for Bucky uh, Brooks Hall, who uh, did a yeoman's job throughout the season as well, and Josh Pastorino, who worked with us back uh, in Atlanta for the Mississippi State game. I'm Larry Hanskin, reminding you the final and the quarterfinals of the A-10 tournament was VCU 73, Dayton 68. Now stick around for more of Flyer Feedback. WHIO Dayton, WHIO FM, Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station. Powered by Back to Business IT. Take care of your business. We'll take care of your IT. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Brought to you by Bud Light, America's favorite light lager. Premier Health, proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash sportsmed. Frickers, for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. CareSource, with health insurance from CareSource, you're covered in kindness. Vandalia Blacktop and Seal Coating, make your parking lot look great again. Go to vandaliablacktop.com to see how. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers helping fans stay comfortable all season long. 
The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. University of Dayton Basketball is a presentation of 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. The announcers for today's game were chosen in conjunction with the University of Dayton. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Flyer Feedback. It's John Bedell and John Tisdale here with you for Flyer Feedback, which is sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. And don't forget that our friends at Flanagan's on Stewart Street are now hiring. They are finished completing upgrades to create that same Flyer faithful experience you've grown accustomed to since 1976. Flanagan's is back open again. If you want to join the team, you can apply at flanagansdayton at gmail.com. As the great American poet laureates, boys to men, once said, and now we've come to the end of the road. This Dayton season, in all likelihood, is done. 73-68, a five-point loss to the VCU Rams at their home arena at the Siegel Center in Richmond, Virginia. A five-point loss that really wasn't all that close, John Tisdell, as we uh, look at this game. And the reality is that, as we said in the postgame show, Dayton made a run. Yes, they did in the second half to make the final score respectable. Uh, but they never really at any one point no, gave VCU a legitimate real threat, and they trailed from the gun. I mean, right out of the gate, VCU's press had this Dayton team jarred, confused. Um, Jalen Crutcher and some others just looked uncharacteristically just downright silly at points against yeah. this press, and it was yeah, it was hard to watch. The turnovers were a problem. Dayton had eight within the first uh 12 minutes of this one, they finished the game with 21 turnovers. They were down 11 at the break, didn't feel nearly that close. They could have cut it to within single digits, but VCU kind of pushed out that lead to close the first frame. And then, uh, you know, the, the the deficit was as big as 19 in the second half, um, and they end up with a five-point loss that, again, in all likelihood ends their season. We know this team will not sniff the bubble. We've known that for many, many weeks. This team has not had an at-large NCAA tournament resume, they needed to win the A-10 tournament and the automatic qualifying bid that comes with it to hear their name on Selection Sunday. Uh, And the NIT, if you don't know, it is going to be half the size it usually is. It's going to be 16 teams this year. They're going to play the entire thing at one site in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, kind of mimicking what the big dance is doing, having a central location with the pandemic. So this team is done, and it is a damn shame. Uh, I have to say, uh, now that the season has wrapped, we know that it has been tough to take coming on the heels of the season of dreams. It is a crying shame, John Tisdale, that this whole group of seniors, Jalen Crutcher, Ibby Watson, Rodney Chapman, and Jordy Shimonga, never will have gotten a shot at the NCAA tournament, yeah. particularly Jalen Crutcher, because I would pay good, good money to see Jalen Bernard Crutcher, Jalen Clutcher, on the biggest of stages in March. And it is a damn shame that one of the best ever, ever, ever to come through this Dayton program never got a shot at the big dance because Jalen Crutcher, he is the kind of player that was just made for that stage. And I know he would have gotten a shot last year with this stupid pandemic cutting it short. I know. Um, 
but it's a darn shame that especially Crutcher, but collectively that senior group was never able to get a shot at the big dance, and it's a darn shame, too, that they were not able to be sent out for their senior years and for their senior night with a raucous crowd of 13,000-plus. There was fewer, for the most part, fewer than 150 people in that arena this year for good reason with the pandemic going on. Um, But Jalen Crutcher, Ibby Watson, Rodney Chapman, Jordy Shimanga were as big a part of making that season of dreams happen last year as anybody not named uh, Obi Toppin, Ryan Mikesell, and Trey Landers. And uh, it's a darn shame that they will finish their Dayton careers. In all likelihood, again, there's options because of COVID and the rules the NCAA has put in place. This year didn't count against anybody's eligibility. So if all four of them want, they can. They have the ability to come back. Now, for what it's worth, we have asked them. I've been virtually on a part of press conferences where all four of these guys at various points have been asked, will you rule out coming back next year? And essentially, all four of them have given some version of either I haven't thought about it or I'm leaving my options open and I'm not going to rule anything out. So none of the four of them has given a concrete answer. I don't blame them. They've th- This was a couple weeks ago when we talked yeah. to them about this the yeah. most recent time. They've got – that's a discussion Anthony will have with them when the season's over. They'll sit down and have their exit interviews and all this. So we'll know at some point. I'd be surprised. Just I'm not trying to look into my crystal ball and make a prediction. Yeah. I'm just saying I'd be surprised if any of the four of them came back. Jalen Crutcher's obviously got way bigger goals. Yeah. He's wanted to play in the NBA. You know, might he come back after, you know, did his stock for the NBA take a hit after the year he had? I don't know. Maybe. Would he want to try to come back to try to up that? St- you know, who knows? Yeah. The reality is we don't know. They're in all likelihood done. And beyond that, we really, really know in all likelihood this right. season's probably done for the Dayton Flyers as they will – They'll come home for good uh, from the A-10 quarterfinals in Richmond, Virginia. That's right. So they'll be heading home probably. uh, If you follow the Home of the Flyers Facebook page, they're doing their wrap-up interviews right now. Um, But you can do that while you're – you can watch that while you're listening to us, of course. Look, everything you said spot on. Um, There's a lot of questions whether or not the seniors – and like you said, I want to get to that first point that you said. It is a damn shame that no one got a chance to see Jalen Bernard Crutcher play in the NCAA tournament. Because let me tell you something, folks. Jalen Crutcher would have balled because he's had one hell of a career. And he hasn't decided what he's going to do yet or not. I don't know what it's going to be. You you can't, you, you have no idea. You've been, you've been uh, monitoring, attending the press conferences via Zoom all year. For what it's worth, Jalen was the one who said uh, that he hasn't thought about it. He was no. asked about two weeks ago, and his right. response was he hasn't thought about it just yeah. yet. Yeah, right. So, but now, now they got some thinking to do. But now, but here's the other thing Larry said: Is this the last game of the year, folks? We have no idea. If we were judging by the way the net rankings are, Dayton was. They were 90th, I think, going. They were. I know they were going in the Mondays. They were 90. They were actually uh, 80 coming into. I'm sorry, 85 coming into today's game. Okay. That. that that to me, I just don't think that's enough for the NIT. I think that's on the outside looking. Well, in. and especially because, well, actually, the NIT is doing. Uh, let me Google it real quick. But keep, yeah, okay, start. but 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 yeah, yeah. But at, at any rate, I personally, me, I don't see that happening. But to me, um, it's just it, it it's sad for us because. These guys have been so critical for establishing uh, what Anthony Grant wants in this program. And everyone's frustrated. This has not been a good year. 
This has been a frustrating year. I think we have seen the freshmen. They've looked like freshmen at times. It's frustrated us. We're frustrated by the way the game went today. Uh, no one's more frustrated than John Bedell and myself. We're both frustrated. We're both frustrated with the season. But there is hope on the horizon. The freshman, R.J. Blakeney, um, he is someone that can be very good. Um, Zimmy Mwokeji has shown flashes. Uh, Kobe Brea looked good at times. I thought he competed, played, played well the last three games of the year. He can build off that. Will they, will they come back? There's a lot of questions that this program needs to answer, and there's some good recruits coming in. What Lynn Greer's son is committed, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're recruiting Malachi class Smith. next year. Yeah, Lynn Greer, Malachi Smith. Yes, he's Scoochie's little brother. Mustafa Amseel's already here. He's yep. a part of that class, right. but obviously he got here early, and this year does not count against exactly. his eligibility. Then the other two, the really blue-chip guys here, Darren uh, Duran Holmes and Caleb Washington. Now, I am of the mindset that, that yes, having, I believe— the most highly ranked recruiting class to ever come into Dayton. Uh, that certainly beats the alternative. But it and it's it, as you mentioned, Tiz, there's potential. But and I'm not trying to be the mayor of Negative Town or anything no, like no, that. So don't not. accuse me of this here. No. But I am of the mindset that while the potential is nice, yeah, potential doesn't win you any games. No, it does and not. these kids have got to come here and actually prove something. Again, exactly. beats the alternative. Highly ranked recruiting class, that's that's all well and good. That's right. great. Exactly. Because it shows you what Anthony is doing here. He's always recruited his rear he end has. off no matter where he's been. That's never been the he issue has. with Anthony Absolutely. Grant. Absolutely. All I'm saying is I don't look at top recruiting class and just crank the hype no. train exactly. to turbo you-know-what six. Agreed. I just agree with let's, that. Let's see what happens when these kids right. get here. But it is, again— Beats there's the hope. alternative. There, there there's, is hope. There's reason for optimism. Yeah, I mean, and the good news is the freshmen showed flashes. Now, what are they going to do for an encore? What are they going to do to become more consistent? That's going to be the next step. And what's going? what are you going to do? What are some of the other returns? And could some of these seniors decide to come back? So those are, again, there's just a lot of questions. But it's not just John Dayton. There's a lot of college basketball programs that are dealing with the same things. I think there's a player at St. Louis who said, a senior, who said he will be back next year. I think it was Javante Perkins, if I'm not mistaken. My point is, now Dayton likely enters the offseason, pending what happens in these conference tournaments. You know, the same way. What's going to happen? Was this Dayton's last game? I'm thinking Yes. But I'm not going to rule out because no one knows what the schedule is going to be. Yeah. So I'm thinking yes because I'm thinking yes what too. I had to Google about the NIT because I was reading this last night and couldn't remember if they were doing thoroughly automatic bids or yeah. thoroughly at-large bids. Here I am talking <laughs> about my most hated topic, the I know. NIT. Your favorite topic. Oh, God, not no, invited no, tournament. No, so no. what they are going to do this year is it is thoroughly at-large berths. So typically with the NIT, we know that you get an automatic bid to the NIT if you win – your regular season title in your conference, but you fail to qualify for the NCAA tournament. You fail to qualify for the big dance. Yeah. That's an auto bid to the NIT. They're doing away with that. They're doing all at large bids, and they're also having the playing field. There's going to be, thir uh, instead of 32, there's only 16 teams exactly. in the NIT. So if they're doing all at large berths, to me, that's the first four out. Next four out, and the other eight. It's the right. first 16 teams off right. the bubble. That's exactly We know Dayton's right. not sniffing no. that group of 16 no. teams. No, I'm saying so. no. I'm saying no. It's uh, probably, that'll do it. So, 73-68, Dayton a loser in the A-10 quarters. They're coming home for the year. It's John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you here for Flyer Feedback. More of your tweets and calls after this break right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. 
You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Hey everybody, welcome back to Flyer Feedback for probably the final time this year. 73-68. Dayton a loser to the Rhode Island Rams. Excuse me, that was yesterday. They beat the Rams. They lost to the VCU Rams today in the A-10 quarters. Dayton's coming home. Dayton still has not won an A-10 tournament, unbelievably, since they hosted it here at UD Arena, John Tisdale. And, yep, 2003. Yeah, that's... <laughs> their tournament futility uh, really is shocking. Every time we bring it up, I always forget how bad yeah. uh, this Dayton team historically has been in the mm-hmm. Atlantic 10 tournament yeah. because yesterday's win against Rody, 84-72 in the second round, was Dayton's first Atlantic 10 tournament win since 2016 mm-hmm. against the Richmond Spiders. 2017, they lost as the number one seed in the quarters, which was their... First game that year because of the double bye to Davidson. That was probably, on paper, Archie Miller's best team and what ended yep. up being his final year at Dayton. Yep. 2018, Anthony Grant's first year. They lost as the number 9 seed in the second round against the same VCU team. I remember gritting my teeth watching that game and listening to Larry from Las Vegas. I was on special assignment uh, for Channel 7 at Nellis Air Force Base uh, with the United States Air Force Thunderbirds <laughs> and yeah. thought... God, I can't stand losing this VCU team for a third game <laughs> for a third time that season. Mm. 2019, they lost as the number three seed in the quarters to shockingly eventual champion St. Louis that mm-hmm. year. And then, of course, last year they were the number one yeah. seed. And who are we kidding? Probably would have run rough shot over everybody in that A-10 tournament yep. like they had in the regular season. But COVID yeah. unplugged the A-10 tournament. <sighs> and as we know, the big dance just days later after that. So. Uh, Dayton this year, one win and done in the A-10 tournament, and they're coming home for probably the last time this year after this 73-68 loss, a five-point deficit that, if we're being honest, really wasn't even that close. Not Much like the Duquesne game at the now-renovated and now not called anymore the A.J. Palumbo Center, Uh, Mm -hmm. not not the final score not indicative of how the whole game went. not, Not really. It wasn't really. I mean, look, I mean, when, when Bones Highland hit that shot at the end of the first half, you're like, this is not going to be our day. And look, I, I'm the team showed some grit coming back to get back into the game, but it just, the hole was too big. It was 11-1 to 1 to start the game, and then uh, Coach Grant had to call timeout. You just, when you spell a team like VCU that kind of a lead, you're asking, you're not going to, your, your chances of coming back are not that good. And again, the stat, the, the big stat that I got: twenty-one Dayton turnovers, and twenty-two points off of turnovers. And and, and some of these were John. They, they were ten-second violations. I think one of them was they had a couple of shot clock violations, and just VCU is they have that half-court version of havoc that just frustrates you. And Dayton had no answer for that. Look, as I look at this season, um, we know this team had injuries. The bad breaks. We talked about the injuries to Rodney Chapman and Dwayne Cohill, Kobe Bray and R.J. Blakeney. I'm not going to go down the list. You had Chase Johnson that let the program due to health reasons. He was their starting power forward, and he averaged double figures in scoring. That was a tremendous loss. And Dayton did not find a reliable person to replace that. Look, we wish Chase nothing but the best. You know, the Amzil started in the four, and Wokeji, and it was R.J. Blakeney. I think R.J. Blakeney was the better option, and Amzil was better off the bench. But look, for this program to get successful, and Coach Grant knows this, talked about this after St. Joe's, can they find that level of consistency that they lacked all year? That's going to be the biggest challenge, not just uh, for the coaching staff, but also to find that consistency as they get some new kids to come in next year. 
So there's a lot of work with this program, John, as we get into the offseason um, and not knowing who's going to be back. Will any of the seniors decide to opt back because the season does not count? So we just not to go ahead and repeat it, it's – there's a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah, it's John Bedell, John Tisdale here with you for Flyer Feedback, sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. And uh, this season's going to go down as just wildly, wildly frustrating. I, I was not one of the ones that thought that this team was going to just pick up where last year left off. But I also didn't think they would swing this far the other direction and just be not that good. Um, for all their challenges and departures and injuries, I still think, as many Dayton fans do, that they're talented enough to be the best team in this league. And when they're at when they're at their best, they're as good as anybody in this conference, but they just never were at their best for many more than two games in a row, or even from game to game. Um, I thought I still thought this team, for all their departures from last year, I still thought they were going to be an at-large team. It became crystal clear many, many weeks ago they were not going to sniff no. the bubble. And it's also hard for me to look at this team and just say, yeah. COVID mulligan because, Tiz, some of the losing they did this year was quite literally historic. Yeah, I don't believe they've ever had a year. I've seen others say this. I'd have to go back and double-check it. I am hard-pressed to think of a year. I don't believe they've ever had a year, Dayton mm-hmm. has, where they have lost to all three no. of the bottom three teams in the conference. That's no. the kind of stuff that you just can't go, yeah, well, but COVID. No. That's, no. that's inexcusable for this program, and they had some real smudges on the resume and just historically this year that are not, you can't just say, yeah, well, it was a weird year and they lost to all the cellar dwellers and they ended up with an even 500 record against teams with losing records in the conference. That's not acceptable. Some of those things are just, you you can't just brush away as, yeah, but weird season because of the pandemic. So they're going to have some some soul searching and some come to Jesus talks to to figure out how they get more consistent next year Uh, because... Uh, typically, even some of those great Archie teams would have like one game where they would just get dismantled because you can't help but step on a landmine. No, you're going full to. of them, but you have one of them typically, and you move on. They that should have been LaSalle, and they should have corrected. But man, to lose to LaSalle and then Fordham and then St. Joe's, and even that second roadie, that second of the three that, roadie games where you yeah. blew the 18 point lead, they had they had many. We talked about yesterday. It's almost like this Dayton team stepped on just about every landmine that was on their schedule this year. And, and that was what was hard to take. And, and last thing, and then we'll go to the news at the bottom of the hour, they went 4-2 and two in the regular season against teams in the top four. That's the thing that's even more frustrating that makes Flyer fans to pull uh, the hair out of their heads and just wonder what in the world, what the hell happened this season. So that's just the frustrating part of it. But you know what? Season ends, 73-68, Dayton loses. To VCU in the A-10 uh, quarterfinals. Yep. It was a weird season, and now it's done. John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you here for Flyered Feedback. It continues after we take a break to hear some news and pay some bills right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Flyer Feedback. It's John Bedell and John Tisdale here with you as Dayton wraps their season 73-68 with a loss in the A-10 quarterfinals. The Dayton Flyers will finish the 2020-21 this weird COVID-19 year with an overall record of 14-10 and 
and they finish 7-9 in Atlantic 10 play. We're here with you for Flyer Feedback, which is sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. And Flanagan's on Stewart Street is now hiring. They're currently finished with upgrades to create that same Flyer faithful experience you've grown accustomed to since 1976. Want to join the team? Apply at Flanagan's Dayton at gmail.com. And yeah, if you don't know, Flanagan's is back open, so please go and support our fine Flyer Feedback sponsors. They are usually our uh, home and our benevolent hosts for feedback, but because of this pandemic, we have not been able to be there in person at all this year at any one point because of COVID, but uh, we certainly look forward to being back at Flannies in the fall with all of you and celebrating uh, some Dayton Flyers wins, many Dayton Flyers wins, and being able to commiserate together and drowning our sorrows in Bud Lights as we talk about <laughs> Dayton Flyers basketball. Yeah. So uh, Dayton season is in all likelihood done. Who are we kidding? They're not making the NIT this year. Uh-uh. 73-68, they bow out of the A-10 tournament in the quarterfinals as VCU gets a de facto home game uh, at the Siegel Center in Richmond. And the Davidson Wildcats are 20 minutes away from making the final four of this A-10 tournament straight mm-hmm. chalk. Uh, the Wildcats are up 17 at the break. If they go ahead and finish off George Mason, the final four of the A-10 tournament will be your one, two, three, and four seats. St. Bonaventure, VCU, St. Louis, and Davidson. Got to correct myself. I erroneously said uh, that when Dayton lost to VCU in the 2018 Atlantic 10 tournament, when they bowed out, that it was the third time they had lost to VCU that year. It was not. It was the second time. You might remember that the first time they met, uh, it was the second worst road loss that the city of Richmond has seen since quite some time. Uh, it was actually, that was the 106-79 drubbing uh, yeah. against the Rams. So shout-outs to John R. Jr. on Twitter uh, for uh, for correcting me. Uh, I owe you, Jr., for being the fact-checker, I guess. He said the shout-out counted, so there you go. But yes, here we are talking about a Dayton Flyers five-point loss that will cap the season, a five-point loss that... Wasn't all that close if no, you watched the game. Not. And when you write the obituary for this this Dayton season, tis 2020 and 2021, um, the the biggest thing to me is we all know the roller coaster nature of this season, but that's the biggest thing. They played up to some teams when they looked their best; they were really good, but their 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 nadirs were very very bad. And yeah. on one hand, you can look and say. You know, statistically, they were only one more win away from being the three seed and playing George Mason right now because they did it by winning percentage. Had Dayton won one more game, they would have gotten bumped up to the three seed, which is incredible that one game would have made that difference. But with the way the A-10 seeded this year, by winning percentage, as long as you got more than 60% of the mean of games, which is 13, or Dayton had it, um, they would have been the three seed. But they're not. And had they just taken care of just one of those clunkers, at Duquesne, but specifically LaSalle, Fordham, St. Joe's. Just one yeah. of those, you're the three mm-hmm. seed. Totally different picture. Absolutely. Had you taken care of at Duquesne, Fordham, LaSalle, St. Joe's, you're probably, Tiz, entering the A-10 tournament in the at-large conversation still. Absolutely. So while they were close, we're not playing horseshoes and hand no, grenades. They don't count. And also, that to me is somewhat of a five-alarm problem for this team when you say... Yeah, but when games like St. Joe's and LaSalle and Fordham, when those are the kind of games that keep you from at-large contention, mm-hmm. that's a problem. You've got to be able to take care of those yeah. teams. And they didn't at every turn. Tizzy, we mentioned it took them beating Rhode Island yesterday in the A-10 tournament to get back this Dayton team to a 500 record in conference play against teams with losing records. Yeah, This was not good this year. It, it the really lows was were not. too low. No, I, I, that... And that's been the problem with the consistency all year. I mean, 
against teams with a record of 500 or better, they were 9 and 4. Again, 5 and 5 against teams below 500. That's not going to get it done. And when you're losing to the bottom feeders, the landmines, how many times over the years, John, we've been doing this since 2011, avoiding those landmines are critical to getting good position in any conference. Uh, Atlantic 10, uh, name any conference you want. You have to avoid losing to the to the cellar dwellers in your conference. And Dayton did not do that. They went 0-3 against Fordham, LaSalle, and then just the... <laughs> St. Joe's. The blowout loss against St. Joe's is where you give up 97 points to a four-win team. And it wasn't like, oh, Delonte West and Jameer Nelson no. St. Joe's teams. It was that was the bottom three teams in the league that you lost to all three of them. And that's the thing, because coming out, and I know that it was a very small sample size, and the non-conference slate was only five games, but Tiz, really, with the exception of the, the buzzer beater, against SMU was the only smudge on their resume. It was. They were 4-1, and one, and we sat here. I remember coming into the into the A-10 season. After their non-conference slate, beating Eastern Illinois, losing to SMU, beating Northern Kentucky, and then beating Mississippi State and Ole Miss, 4-1, and one, Tiz, I remember looking ahead to the A-10 season saying they were an at-large team at that point. I thought they would be coming into the year. Yeah. They were at that point, and then you turn the calendar of the A-10 slate, and <laughs> right out of the gate, LaSalle. The LaSalle loss unravels that completely at that point. And then two games later, you lose to Fordham. And at that point, it's just like an atom bomb on mm -hmm. your resume that yeah. just obliterates any at-large hopes. And that, that to me, was the moment where the season went off the rails. It really was. The LaSalle game was bad enough. But, again, not ideal. It was a bad loss at the time. It was a resume killer. You could, you could recover but you from can, that. You can recover from that. And you can say, okay, wow, that was crazy. Let's not do that again. Well then, but then you step into the, the quick Fordham was when the season went off the rails. That, was, that was the moment for a lot of people. Was the holy, you know what moment of this is going to be a lot different season than we all expected. Lasalle Absolutely. was one thing. This is on another level because that was the game too, where they looked like they had zero, not a one, you know what left to give, like not one. No. And they got beat by an awful Fordham team that fired their coach two weeks later. No, no question about that. They had won one game before that. So the Fordham game was where it went off the rails. Yeah. And then the, the VCU, you know, getting blown out by the Rams at their place, getting, I almost said something I can't say on the air, uh, getting dismantled by Duquesne. And then VCU smokes you again when they, for the return game at UD Arena. And then the, the St. Joe's loss was, the roadie one was tough, blown the 18-point lead with 944 left. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. the St. Joe's was just, was just one to just just cap off almost the regular season with just like, are you kidding me? Yeah, they're really, like, they're going to do this again. Yeah, it's like the St. Joe's game as if we were doing the Jesus arms all, all, all the way down on I-75. That, that We could have done that all throughout probably. But it just it was just a frustrating year because there were moments they looked good. You beat St. Louis twice. You go into Davidson, beat them in overtime, one of their better wins of the year. And then you beat St. Bonaventure. That was one of their grittiest wins of the season. And I know St. Bonaventure had played four games in the span of eight days, and I think fatigue set in, and they gutted it out. And St. Bonaventure was able to, after Duquesne got it back to 47-39, and they looked, and they were able to pull away, and they did pull away. And uh, they're, I think their at-large bids are probably pretty good. If they win tomorrow, they're yeah, definitely you, in good but shape. But you beat to your point, is even though maybe they were a little tired having to play they still won that they game. Went Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, the week prior to playing Dayton, that's a Bonnie's team that still is trying to solidify their at large right. hopes. They're not. They're not in the in the business of trying to lose games exactly. this time of year. That was a Bonnie's team that could have used a win against. They Dayton could to have bolstered their resume. Absolutely, it mostly 
avoid the loss to Dayton. You don't want to, you know, as no. we talked about Monday, if you're a, if you're a bubble team like the Bonnies are, you you don't want any you don't want any part of a quad three loss. No, you <laughs> when don't. you turn the calendar to March, and that's well, what they took losing well, to Dayton. Well, well, watching the game on TV, one of the few good things that they did mention on that telecast was they did mention Dayton being a quad three loss. How much that hurt St. Bonaventure, and they did mention that prior to the game, saying, is St. Bonaventure a tournament team? Now, I personally think that they are, and I, you and yeah. I both I think they should appreciate be. what the job that Mark Schmidt has done with this program uh, over the last decade plus. I think he's done a terrific job. And look, as much as we hate, can't stand losing to VCU, like we couldn't stand losing to Xavier, look, Bones Highland's a, he's a, he's a stud. He really is. 30 points. He's good. He was playing on a, he was, he was playing on a, on a sprained foot. And he puts in thirty points, twenty-two. He had he had twenty-two points at halftime. He had a games. He had he he had enough points to set for a full game. Yeah. In one half, I mean, he just was. He's a dude. He's a dude, as we put it. And we just had no answer for him as they beat us three times. Look, we can't say anything because they got us three times, and it frustrates us. But you know what? <laughs> it, it does. It's and turned into a rivalry, and we're here just having. We're on the one side of it right now. We're on the one side of it right now, and they got they got the edge of it. And here's the other thing. Here's a, I'll throw another couple of stats out for you. Number one, VCU is three and zero against the Dayton Flyers in the Atlantic Ten tournament. Number two, Dayton has not beat a high seed in the Atlantic Ten tournament since 2011 against Xavier. Xavier. Number eighteen Muskies. That's exactly that right. They were the number one seed. And that was a pretty good Xavier team, uh, two yeah, Holloways. Oh, final, yeah. I think. No, that was a junior. I'm sorry, but no, but that was a pretty good Xavier team too. And Dayton was able to win that one by one point. Uh, Brian Gregory's last season, and but you know, but that's the as you mentioned, Tiz. That's the last time the Dayton Flyers. That was have, the last time have beaten a higher seed in the Atlantic Ten tournament. Yeah. And as you mentioned, they have now never. As I tweeted before the game this morning, wow. Dayton was trying to do something they had never done, which is no. beat VCU in the Atlantic 10 tournament. And this has become yeah. a rivalry since uh, VCU joined the conference a few years ago. It's it's now, and here really, VCU's had the upper hand in this series. Uh, they lead it 14-7 to all time, but VCU is now, including postseason berths, or postseason matchups when you include the A-10 tournament, VCU now has an 11-6 to advantage in this series since they joined the A-10 in 2013. Yeah. So uh, VCU has been consistent in uh, their rivalry with Dayton Flyers over the years, and now... Um, you know, Dayton packs up and goes home, and, and, and we wait just to see how this A-10 tournament shakes out and how many bids the league ends up getting. Is it two? I think it's at least two. The question I, for me is can they get to three? I think that's still within striking distance mm-hmm. continually, uh, especially as, you, you know, Bonnies and VCU have survived. Those are two teams that they need to keep winning to, yeah, you do. know, even if some people might say Bonnies are moving towards lock status, that's great, but I think – you know, Mark Schmidt and uh, Mike Rhodes would want to keep winning to solidify. Because you never know what's going to happen in the conference tournaments that no, happen next week. No, you don't. St. Louis. Uh, Davidson's the, let's say, they're up 17 at the break. If the Wildcats pull it out here and they end up in the Final Four of the A-10 tournament, the only team not on the bubble of the Final Four is Davidson. They're, they're, they would probably need the auto bid. So oh, we'll they see, definitely do. Uh, who wins the A-10 tournament, and then we'll see who ends up here in Dayton because once the semifinals get played tomorrow, those teams are off for eight days until they come That's here to Dayton to play a week from yeah. Sunday on Selection Sunday here at UD Arena for the A-10 title game. So we'll see who it ends up being, and I'd be curious to see, Tiz, um, how everybody's playing tomorrow and how that eight-day layoff affects everybody. That's, that's what, a different atmosphere. Yeah, that's what I'm interested too. Especially a team like Davidson that runs that motion offense. I mean, look, we're we're watching a little bit right now in the studio. Fifty-nine percent in the first half. Look, when they're on, they're really good. And 
But, I mean, look, I mean, when VCU is on, I mean, with the way they play that defense, they can get teams trouble. And don't forget about St. Louis because, look, we know the COVID issues that they've had to deal with throughout the season. They're still very loaded with that front court, and they took it to a young UMass team that, look, they obliterated a shorthanded St. Joe's team yesterday. But they, they no. had no answer for St. Louis today, so I'm not counting St. Louis out either because – they won it two years ago. Why can't they win it this year? Yeah, too? the Billikens looked like they were leaking oil before the A-10 tournament, but when they're right, they're really they're, good. They really are. 73-68, Dayton bows out for the season in the A-10 quarterfinals. They're coming home after the home stretch of their season wrapped up. The home stretch of Flyer Feedback is coming your way after this break right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Hey, everybody. It's John Bedell and John Tisdale and you here for Flyer Feedback for what will probably be the last time this year. So appreciate you joining us tonight here after this 73-68 loss in the A-10 quarterfinals to the VCU Rams. Sends Dayton packing for the final time this year. It's Flyer Feedback, which is sponsored by Flanagan's Pub and Bud Light. Anthony Grant uh, and company finished the year 14-10 and 10 overall, 7-9. and nine. I think it's a season now that we can write the obituary that was frustrating and forgettable. Yeah. The end, unfortunately, but... <laughs> I think those are the two words that come to mind. So uh, I would agree with that. Nine three seven four five seven twelve ninety is the number, or you can tweet me at jbedellwhio, and I may read your tweet on the air. Uh, a couple of tweets I want to get to. First of all, Mike on Twitter says, "I'm still struggling with how we saw so many turnovers this year with three senior guard starters this year. Claims of possibly best backcourt in the country. Uh, well, I don't know who that's talking about, but we talked about best backcourt in the A10." Yeah, uh, but yeah, the turnovers was was a that, problem that for a problem all year. year. I mean, it was it was epidemic status as the season started when they were turning the ball over close to twenty times in each game as each game went along against uh, you know Eastern Illinois and then NKU and and SMU and Mississippi State and Ole Miss. It kept climbing and climbing and climbing. They were inching toward like twenty. It was like man, this is not getting any better. So right. yeah, that's frustrating when you got when you got three senior guards and Chapman and Crutcher and Watson. That, that was one of the harder things to stomach this year was the turnover bug. Absolutely. Uh, also, Andrew on Twitter uh, wanted to know, now the question is, how many years out from the next tournament appearance? Recruiting class is great, but young teams tend not to win right away. It's a good question. I mean, you would hope next year. Cause, you hope. Uh, I mean, they were going to be – they were in last year. And I, Correct. I, I mean, they were going to be in. They were, I mean, but they weren't. They were, but they weren't. I mean, that's going to count, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Ugh. I think we just need to – we need a fresh start. I think we need to just I, – I personally I, – I, I wish the seniors nothing but the best. If they want to come back, terrific. But maybe a fresh start. Well, who but, knows? But that's if, their decision. If, if, I'm not telling them. Right. If Crutcher comes back, that's great. He's got a Absolutely. chance to get the all-time scoring record. If, if he desires such things, he could catch Roosevelt Chapman coming back next year. But he's also got – Bigger, bigger fish to fry with. Absolutely. He's got NBA aspirations, and and if he's got a chance where an NBA team is going to come calling in the draft, I'm yeah. sure he'll 
He'll dip the toe in the water, perhaps for the final time. He'll certainly put his name in the hat for the NBA draft. He'll oh, go through absolutely. that process again. He'll get feedback. Tiz, if he gets an NBA team that he's getting indications he's going to be he's drafted, he's gone. even in the second round, he's gone. Anthony absolutely. will advise him as much, spending Same. time absolutely. in the NBA. So we'll see. Absolutely. Uh, but next year, I mean, look, the stated, the out loud verbalized stated goal since the Archie Miller era here has been we want to make and advance in the NCAA tournament Correct. every single year. Correct. At large, uh, at large uh, competition, at being in the at large discussion, making the NCAA tournament, and we're not happy with just that bid, we want to advance. Correct. So that's that's the stated goal from the top down. Neil. Yep. Anthony's boss and Anthony have mm-hmm. always verbalized that. Correct. That's the goal. So next year, you'd hope because <sighs> the natives will be restless if they don't make the big dance next year. Yeah. Um, that's going to be tough. But but also, I see Andrew's point of young talent doesn't automatically translate to success. That's, I've got another one correct. of my really good buddies who I really trust his eye for the game. I'm of the same mindset. Like, look, this recruiting class they have that, of course, as we mentioned, just to recap, includes already Mustafa Amzil. He's already here. Yes. This class, before they added Lynn Greer, was ranked 15th nationally, according to Rivals.com, just mm-hmm. a few short weeks ago. So Mustafa Amzil, he's here. Lynn Greer, Malachi Smith, Scoochie's little brother, if the name sounds familiar, Deron Holmes from Goodyear, Arizona, that's 6'8 forward, and also Caleb Washington, the 6'8 forward uh, from Georgia. Those last two uh, are both four-star recruits. Der, uh, Deron Holmes is the highest-ranked high school recruit to ever sign with Dayton. He's 36th nationally. Washington, Caleb Washington, is also a top 100 recruit, 89th nationally. But again, Tiz, I go back to you. That beats the alternative, like the high rankings and the, and, the, and the hype train and all that. That's great for these kids, but that doesn't translate to wins. they got to no. come in here. they got to learn the system. They've got to jail. Anthony's got to put it all together. That doesn't mean squat. They've still got to get here and prove it. Yeah. Again, good vibes, and it's hopeful, but you know we'll see. And how many of these seniors stick around, if any, I don't know. We've talked about how we don't know the answer to that. None of the four has said anything more definitive than, yeah. I'm keeping my options open, and I'm exactly. not going to rule something out. Right. The young kids that are sticking around, Luke Frazier, Kobe Brea, R.J. Blakeney, we didn't see much of Luke Frazier this year. Musa Soka will be back next year after his knee surgery ended his season. Zimbo KG seems like a nice young piece. Elijah Weaver has kind of been, eh, he's had he's trouble a, adjusting yeah, this year. yeah. So th- that's the other thing. I mean, it's a crowded roster. It Could there is. be transfers in the offseason? Sure. Is mm-hmm. somebody going to decide? I don't know. I'm not saying that to – I don't have any inside information, but when you get a crowded roster like this, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if some guys if start transferring out because they want some playing time or yeah. whatever because they're going to have frank discussions in this offseason. They, they really are. Um, it'll be a crowded roster, but it'll be a young and talented one, and we'll see. We will see. But, I mean, uh we'll, We'll be here all together to experience it. Hopefully we'll be we back will. in person at the arena and at Flanagan's. But Flyer fans, we thank you very much yes, for listening all season guys. long. As Larry Hanskin always says, the most valuable thing you have to offer us, one of the most valuable things you have to offer us is your time. And we deeply appreciate you providing us that with that this year as we've been here to experience this weird season all together. One more time, Dayton bows out for the last time this year, 73-68 in the A-10 quarters to VCU. Our season is done and finished, so we will see you on the radio next year, Flyer fans. Until then, I'm John Tisdale. And I'm John Bedell saying thanks for listening, everybody, and take care, and go, go Flyers. WHIO Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station. Powered by Back to Business IT. Take care of your business. We'll take care of your IT.